I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, good day, everyone, and welcome along to All Talk with uh, Jason Mike. Very nice to have your company. And I just want to take this moment to thank you uh, to all the listeners out there for the privilege of your attention. Did you like that, Mike? I wrote that myself. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Because we do absolutely appreciate the fact that people take the time to sit down on the couch or wherever they are to listen to our podcast. And I tell you what, mate, speaking of which... From the response that we've had for the first two, yes. it has just been overwhelming, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, it has been actually. And just on where people watch them, I know somebody got in touch with me and said that they were they were listening to it on a bus. Oh, lovely! Uh, on the way home, and I thought, what a great idea! You know, you don't want to talk to anybody, yes, um, and you can sort of learn something at the same time, can't you? Um, so, yeah, really great combination. I thought. So, there's some advice right off the bat for our other listeners. Boom! Try listening to it on a bus. Absolutely, and can I just uh, acknowledge all the people that have got in touch with us too, mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as we mentioned in the last podcast, you've been working into the wee small hours addressing the question, just uh, questions that have been coming in. Just on that front, can I just make the point um, that you can get in touch with us through our email or DM us. Can the people that are calling me on my direct home line desist from doing that? Um, yeah. Look, I, I like you, Mike. One of the reasons for us doing this podcast was I was really, really keen on helping people and giving the advice yeah. that we have to give, given where we come from as as grown adults. Mm. And you know, but last night, for example, I was in the middle of my dinner. I got a call from a guy called Barry, uh, who had heard the podcast and wanted to get some advice with regards to his own marriage. An hour and a half it took, mate. Right now, look, you know, I don't mind giving out advice, but um, if you could just not call my private number, I'd appreciate that. I, I don't even know how people are getting my private number. What'd you have for dinner? Creamy chicken and mushroom uh, pasta with just a little bit of parmesan cheese and some flat leaf parsley, actually. Ah. Now, have you got anything about uh, sort of against the curly parsley? Because I notice a lot of people now are going with the flat leaf, which oh, is yeah. far more difficult to grow. But, you know, the standard parsley grows like gorse in your backyard. Yes. You don't have to do anything to it, and it's delicious. So you're talking about the old school parsley. Yes, I am. Yeah, no, I've got no qualms about that at all. Mm. I'm quite fond of it. Mm. I've got massive tufts of it in my herb garden. Yes. So, no, I'm a big fan. Right. And, and with regards to flat leaf, uh, flat leaf parsley, you know, um, I, it's a good herb, but I'd, I'd go the gorse parsley myself. Yes. Uh, you know, on that note, interestingly enough, I'm a big fan of the iceberg lettuce. Ah. Oh. You know what I mean? The crispy iceberg lettuce, not your fancy, no, you know, your, no. your poncy kind of bloody lettuces. Well, the thing I love about the iceberg, and I bought some of this the other day so that I could have a, a burger, made a burger at yeah, home. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and uh, the beauty of that kind of lettuce is you can eat all of it. The trouble is when you get into your mescalins and all that sort of stuff, there's all the stalks and all yeah. that kind of rubbish. Yeah, well, the stringy crap. Yeah, I don't like it. So, yeah. Hey, big thumbs up to iceberg lettuce. Can I just ask you on, on your vegan burger, what what... 
what sort of meat substitute are you running with there? Because my, my daughter was a vegan for a while and we had these heinous mm. sort of nutty Coomera kind uh, of patties. Yeah, what, what, what do you personally run those, with? Those Coomery or beetroot-based yes. you know, <laughs> patties. Yes, beetroot-based. Uh, dry and foul. So it's, it's really hard to find a, uh, a good replacement for beef um, as a vegan. So I just go with a chicken breast. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. They're really juicy, yeah. And do you run with an aioli there when you're putting your lettuce and your chicken in there? I, I like a crumbed sort of schnitzel chicken. Um, sure. And, and I run with the aioli and a sort of barbecue sauce. Well, what I do is I mix I mix me mayonnaise up with some wasabi. Oh, yeah, very you know, good. I do that and then, yeah. uh, and, and then whip that on there. And that's, yeah, that's just the ticket. But especially with the iceberg lettuce. Yeah. That's the key. Great stuff. Hey, just on uh, people getting in contact with mm. us, just an update, some sad news on the pet front You from our pet chat in our last podcast uh, there, Mike. Um, Eva, you remember Eva? Eva. And her little um, toy dog, Binky. She was from, oh, yep, yeah, no, I remember her, yes. Um, who sent in a question last week about Binky attacking big dogs. Uh, sadly... I've got to I wonder report. if that might have been Tanya from Tiawamutu. No, that was that oh, was yeah. the making love one. Oh. Um, sadly, Binky has passed away after a confrontation with their neighbour's Rottweiler. So it may be it may have been a case of our advice being well, too little, too late, as it was. And and it looks like Binky bit off more than she could chew, and the Rottweiler didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I oh, look. I hate to make this about us, but. It's possible that our advice didn't get to her in time. Yeah. So it's really key that you, when you go to podcasts on iTunes or Spotify, you've got to make sure that you subscribe. All right. And that means that the episodes will go directly to your phone. You're getting them at the earliest possible um, opportunity. Yeah. Because if you're not subscribing, if you just think you're going to go in there and search, well, you're losing valuable days. And in this case, Blinky lost her life. Yeah. So. Well, it cost her her life, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And um, you on know, the bright side, yes. doesn't have to pick up any more poos. Yeah, well, that's true. It frees up your days, doesn't it? Not having to take a dog for a walk, which I find annoying. Absolutely. And and if I recall, our advice was somewhere along the line of put a bloody leash on the damn thing. Yeah, well, I think she actually had the leash on Blink and she tied it to the fence. Right. Uh, okay. While she wanted to get the mail out of the mailbox, and then the Rottweiler got it because it was tied to the fence with the leash. So right. Okay. Because it was running in on the road, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, we didn't say tie it to a fence um, within biting range of a rottweiler. No. Um, that's your call. Well, that actually makes me feel a little bit worse, actually, because Binky, you know, was, wasn't doing anything wrong. She was just on the leash and uh, obviously got horrendously mauled by said rottweiler. Would that be a way that you'd like to go? On a leash? Mauled by a rottweiler? Um, n- no, uh, I can honestly say no. I would not like to be mauled by a rottweiler, but I could see myself um, going on a leash... Well, I've I've got a um, a hypothetical here for you. Yeah, please. Would you rather be killed in a car accident? Okay, here we go. Or uh, eaten to death by a shark? Yeah, um, I have to choose one of those. Do I? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's probably it doesn't mean that that is the way that you will go. No. You see, but I'm hope. one of those superstitious people that you know I don't like to tempt fate. But right. I'd say more by a shark. Oh, now, what is the reason? That's interesting. Why is that? I don't know. I just love the dramaticness of it. Sure. Um, Jason Hoyt, actor. Yeah, eaten by shark. Eaten by shark. I had a friend that um, that gave the same answer, but the reason why he said that it'd be he'd prefer to be eaten by a shark was because. He thought it'd be nice to go while out in nature. Yeah. 
I'm sure you've been eaten by a shark, but God, it's a nice day. Yeah, yeah. And and actually, I can Warm understand out. that. You know, and, and the thing is, especially having been on Waiheke Island just recently, your island, um, you know, there's nothing like being out in the open sea, is there? <laughs> I've always loved the sea, so what a way to go. Um, also, I see just on uh, that front, my, I'm not talking about sharks, but your mother-in-law at the moment, what's going on there? Yeah, no, it's good. It's been good around home. The um, You know, we get visitors now that we've got, A, now that we've got a kid, and B, because we're on Waiheke Island. Yes. Now, if we had no kids uh, and living in Wellington, then we wouldn't see anybody. Um, Was that the initial idea? Well, yeah, I mean, certainly when it comes to Christmas holidays and those sorts of things, because I, I get, I'm over it now. I'm of an age where I've sort of spent every Christmas and New Year's for the last 25 years travelling all over the country, visiting various members of the family. Yeah. So you end up spending a week of your time behind the wheel of the car. Yes. Uh, and the rest of the time visiting people who are your family. So yeah. you're not really having the best time. In the, I mean, it's good. But it's not the best time. In the oh, do you world. have especially a good time? when you're younger? Do you have a good time with your family? Do you? Well, I, on the on the podcast, I say I do. Oh right, yeah, that probably makes sense because mine are a debacle. Are they? You know, and then you know, you get your you get your grandfather pouring you know eight buttery shards down his throat, and all the family yeah. secrets come out, mate. Yeah, and sort of filling up the, uh, the wow. new girlfriends that have turned up as yeah. well. Yeah, well, that that was the reason we actually stopped because you'll recall my granddad Brum. Um, he got a little tipsy one Christmas and and was very very amorous towards one of my to my partner at the time and yeah. so we we actually had to end up banning Brum from the Christmas do's Brum free yeah but it was a Brum free do. Um, no, it's going good at the moment at home. Um, I had my birthday. Oh yes, happy birthday by the way. Yeah, hey, yeah, I was just fishing for one of those. Yeah, yeah sorry, thanks, mate. mate. And you just had yours recently. We're both Librans. Yeah, we are hey, charming nice, and artistic. Isn't it? Yeah, is that yeah. what it is? Yes. Um, so yeah, it's been good. Um, just had my my mother-in-law turned up yesterday. Okay. Um, she's a lovely lady, and she's arrived. Are you just great. saying that because we, no, we're no, doing it on I'm, the I'm very, No, I'm very lucky you, because I have got all of my in-laws are, are, are great. I get along with all of them. Yeah, uh, nice. It'd be a real shame, actually, wouldn't it, if um, if you didn't get along with them? Well, but to be fair, not uncommon. No, not at all. But then you would have to, I'm assuming, pretend that you did. Yes. Uh, but no, we've invited everybody up for uh, for Christmas this year, and I wouldn't be doing that if I didn't like them. Yeah, fair enough. I, 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 I'd be lying about something and saying I couldn't see them. Yeah, um, you know, people probably that are familiar with me will know I made a, a, a massive faux pas with my uh, mother-in-law by buying her lingerie for Christmas, and that didn't, you know... Didn't that, fit? No, it was a lacy teddy, ah. and uh, that didn't go down well, and so it's always been slightly awkward between us ever since then. Yeah, Mm. But you're saying you get on well with your mother-in-law, though. Well, not as well as that. No, you see that uh, that was more a case of me. I think overstepping the mark a little bit. You know, Do you think maybe, so? maybe, maybe, maybe just <laughs> your crossing imagination, over the line. your imagination running away with you, yeah, possibly. I uh, know she's she is um, great, and so she's obviously wants to spend time with the the first grandchild in the family. Um, so she was around there. She turned up yesterday. Went and picked her up. Lovely. Uh, and made the uh, made the dinner, and that all went well. Had some fish and chips as well. Oh, and went and got some fish and chips. Very nice. Those. But um, yeah, and then sort of got into that time. We put the kid down, and it's time to watch something. And I, you know, I've done the dishes and everything, and and I look over, and I've got an L shaped couch, and I take my couch very seriously. I think you need to have an L shaped couch mm. to really be able to lay back and enjoy watching a bit of telly. And can I make an observation? You're quite a tall character as well. Yeah, you're, well, you're yeah. the Ichabod Crane of the <laughs> podcasting world. Thank you. But I don't like to sit on a couch and watch television at the end of the night. I like to recline. Yes, okay. I really do. And I look over and um, 
you know, the mother-in-law's in my spot. Yeah. And um, not only is she in my spot, she's got a, she's positioned a couple of pillows behind her head and she's laying back and she's got a blanket and she's placed it over herself. So she is settled in. Yeah, she's in for the long haul. Yeah, and I just thought to myself, uh, can I tell her to move? Mm. Um, so I thought, no, I won't. So I went and laid down, didn't say a word, didn't make, I don't want to make a scene. Went and laid down on the other couch, which is a, uh, a fold-out. You know, one of the, and they're not, you know, they've got the rounded arms. Yeah. They're just short enough. You know, they probably fit a five-year-old in them. So I lay down on that and my legs are hanging over one end. Uh, my neck sort of bent at a right angle, cutting off my windpipe. Yes. As I'm trying to catch a glimpse of the TV, which is um, directly in front of her now. And she says, um, oh, this is probably your spot usually, is it? And I said, yeah. Yeah, no, it, uh, it is actually. And she said, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. It's really comfortable. Yeah. Then she didn't budge. Yeah. Just stayed there. And I thought, God, you're getting off on the wrong foot, man. Yeah. We were getting on so well. And and the, the tragedy of it is too, of course, was that your wife was having to sit on the lino. Uh, and, you know, sit just she didn't even have a couch. Um, so... Yeah, no, she but, was down at my feet. Yeah, down at your feet. But um, um, what ended up happening then, of course, is we watched a show. There's a show called Dez, which we started watching. It's on TVNZ On Demand with uh, David Tennant in the role. It's oh, a true right, story yeah. of a serial killer. I'm a big fan of David Tennant. And I thought, I'll just put on, um, given the transaction, I'll just put on a murder miniseries. <laughs> and put that on. And um, you know, I get about 10 minutes into it. She starts snoring. Right, yeah. So not only have you taken my spot, and then mocked me for it and refused to give it up. You then fall asleep and you're not even watching the show. Go to bed. Go to bed. Yes. So did you shake her awake or did you just... No, no. My, uh, my wife um, got, off, got up off the lino and um, just gave her a nudge and said, Mike just said, can you shut up? Yeah, well... Because these... I don't want to be rude to her. You no, see, no, that's, fair enough. That's not yeah. my place. No. So I pass the message on to my wife. Yeah, you funnel it through your wife. Yeah, I, I actually... That's sensible, actually. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, good so stuff. that's some more advice there, yeah. Uh, speaking of advice, it's time right now for relationship chat with uh, Jason Mike. I think she's cheating on me. It's relationship advice with Jace and Mike. Well, uh, Mike... Uh, as we've discussed in earlier podcasts and, in, and even in this podcast, relationships the key to life, really, and having good relationships. And we've had a lot of stuff in terms of people sending their uh, questions about relationships. This is an interesting one. Dear Jason Mike, I'm 23 years old and I suffer from premature ejaculation and it's becoming a real issue. Whether I'm in a long-term relationship or a Tinder hookup, the results are always the same. Can you offer any tips on what I can do to prolong sex without having to labour through 15 minutes of foreplay. Thanks, the early bird toadonger. Well, there you go, Mike. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Can, can I just start off by saying that it's a great question, early bird, and having been the face and indeed the voice of premature ejaculation in my early 20s, it's a subject very dear to me and my bank balance. Mm. And the reality is, so, you know... let's just... Can we quantify that? Yeah, what? sure. So you were... This isn't something that came to, you didn't have an episode of premature ejaculation which came to the attention of the media, therefore making you the face 
and voice of premature ejaculation in this country, I'm assuming? No, there was, there was no specific event, Mike, that uh, made the people at premature ejaculation go, hey, this this is our front man right there. Right, so you did an advertising campaign. Uh, an advertising wow. campaign, and I was also on billboards uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and things like that. So I was the <laughs> face of... And ironically, you know, um, a, a couple of years ago, I've also been the face of uh, erectile dysfunction. Right. So I've been at both ends of the sphere, sure. my friend. So I've had the pre-ejaculation and the erectile dysfunction. So I've co- covered off all gamuts can't, in that regard. Can't and can do too well. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Well, that mm. must have paid fairly well. Yeah, well, it paid for my daughter's education. Wow, that's that's great. And she yeah. left school in third form. Yeah, she did. Yeah, you free schooling, of course, in New Zealand. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, but so to early bird and Tauranga, Mike, what what are you thinking? Where are you coming from? Well, it's a tough one, and it's and I'm glad that you've brought this up, early bird, because there's not a lot of attention put on men's health uh, and men's sexual health, particularly because we are very much a nation of not talking about problems that we've got. Sure, um, and this is one that affects pretty much every young man. Um, obviously, you're not young. You're 23. You should be over it by now, mate. Mm, mm. Um, but Maybe 17, 18, I can understand. Yeah, sort of 14, can I just 15. Can I just stop you there, though? It's never actually happened to me. Oh. Um, so, but, uh, but I know what you're saying. It's happened to most men. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. No, I mean, if I can be – I, I can't relate either. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, because I haven't so, – So you're saying it hasn't happened to you either? Well, no, it hasn't. And let me, okay, let yeah. me tell you why, because um, as, as the listeners will know, um, I have a severely deformed uh, member. Yes. But the reason for that is because I was raised by a solo mother who wasn't aware that in order to clean um, the member correctly, you need to pull back the foreskin to get under there. So I wasn't given that advice, so I never did. So what happened was uh, my foreskin just grew to a close over the years, and by the time I was 12, I had to have an emergency circumcision. Yes. Now that emergency circumcision um, led to, you know, mo- the majority of the deformity, but also meant that now I was left with, you know, I've spent half my life um, with a foreskin, and and since then, obviously, I have not had one. But then I went through my sort of late, sort of teen years, and probably for about six or seven years, I decided that underwear was a ripoff. You know that it was something that was organised by the man. It was just another piece of clothing that I had to pay for. Sure. Why would I buy undies when I could buy alcohol? Yeah. Um. So what I but I wore jeans, and so my penis, the 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 head, the tip there would run against rub against denim, all day every day for probably six or seven years. So in the mm. end, it ended up sort of not un, not unlike a um a foreman's uh, sort of a farmer's elbow probably. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you touch your elbow, you, you know, there's not it's not sensitive at all. Sure. So by the time I got into my um, my sexual activity years, I couldn't feel a thing down there. Yeah. You know, so um, I actually had the opposite problem because you didn't have that trigger scenario where because you literally couldn't feel anything. No. I, I remember you telling me that you know in your later teens you took to grinding yourself on gravel just to try and get some kind of um, some kind of feeling going on in that area and even then it was only minuscule yeah that's right I mean there's there's other uh, you know there's other ways I sort of had to attack it and um, I sort of I thought I was as you do because as I was saying we don't sort of communicate with each other I thought it was normal sure I thought everybody was like this but it turns out there's not and like the early bird here there's guys out there that are premature ejaculating all over the place so you know I, while I can't relate what I can offer you is some kind of a solution 
but let's not go the full distance that I did, but you could probably, you know, just try and desensitize the tip of your penis a little bit. Um, yeah. Just do it at home. Obviously, you don't want to go to a doctor about this sort of thing. That can be embarrassing. Um, so maybe just pop down to Bunnings and grab yourself a um, bit of sandpaper, maybe 120 grit. You want to start fine. Sure. Um, and then just give that a bit of a once over, you know, a couple of times a week. Yeah, that's and, that's great advice, mate, because interestingly you should say that. I, I had a mate that followed that same kind of philosophy because he, he was easily triggered, can I put it that right. way. And he used to be a drummer in a band. And what he used to do is just hold, him, hold his genitals and get a drumstick and just, just clip the head Um like he was playing a little, you know, four four beat, four four beat, and he found that that helped him a great deal. So, yeah, um, sandpaper, uh, drumstick, um, any of those things, just to. And can can I chuck this in there as an idea too? You know, because often we get ahead of ourselves mentally Thank while you. we're making Thank love, you. and and the image yeah. can, um, the images that we're that are coming into our flooding our our system. Can can really trigger that arousal. So maybe think think of something unattractive. Um, I, I can't think of anything specifically that what I. What about can, well, for one, in your case, you wouldn't think about your your mother-in-law oh, wearing, that, wearing that no, lingerie no, that you bought no, her because no, that'd, no, that'd be pretty quick then, wouldn't it? Yes, no, yeah. no. Well, no. I mean, another idea is you know, um, and it doesn't say you know what your. Um, what your sexual leanings are, but just get uglier partners. There is that as well, of course. You know, get somebody that you're actually not attracted to at all. Um, and that should slow things down a little bit. And then you can work your way. So if you start with a one, I mean, I hate to be crude, but, you know, you, you generally judge someone a one to ten. Right. Start with a one. And that way you're not getting aroused. That's right. And just work your way up. Okay. Uh, work your way up that scale and see how you go that way. Um, it is tough because it's a difficult thing to. What would you give you? What rating would you give yourself? Uh, well, it depends, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, because we, is, it, is it is it like who's who's asking the question? If it's this guy that's a twenty three year old and he's straight, I'll probably give myself a none. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I could give myself a two, a, a two and a half. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that's because physically horrendous. To a woman. Yeah. To a woman. Yeah, physically I'm horrendous, but but I've got that mental kind of game that's going on there, which can be all you know, yeah, they can all be the difference. That. Yeah, once yeah, they yeah. get to know, you've got a good personality. Yeah, yeah, which exactly. Apparently, is is important. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a it's a hard thing to explain. Uh, of course, when you've got a good personality, usually you have to wait till your mid thirties before you get into a relationship, because that's how long it takes. Because by then. <laughs> All those girls that weren't interested, you have gone through all the bad boys, yeah, that's and they right. eventually go. Oh, look, I'll just sit with the guy. Oh, from this guy do, He'll yeah. have to do. Yeah, yes, this yes. will have to do. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that's what I am. Yeah, um, and, and I do know as well that guys generally have to explain this away by saying things like, "Oh, this, that never happens to me." Sure, and that works at both ends, doesn't it? Either on the erectile dysfunction or on the premature ejaculation. Yeah, you know, you, you're lying. Um, well, I'm always very suspicious of someone that says they, they don't pre-ejaculate. Right. Mm. Like you. Yeah. And me. And you. Because let's let's face it, it's happened to pretty much everyone as we discussed earlier. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much everyone. Well, I'm, another thing here is, you know, it says another way to approach it would be that, you know, he's saying that he suffers from premature ejaculation. You know... You know, the sooner the better, really. And it's right. interesting, isn't it? Because when you're younger, all this sort of stuff matters. I don't know about you, but as you get older, 
you're not sort of so worried about it. You're just you? stoked to get there. Yeah, it's um, as George Costanza said. You know, the amount of time it takes him to reach that point now, he could do his taxes in. Right. Yeah. So, so enjoy it while you've got it. I guess yeah, that's is, right. is, is Look, at the end of the day, yeah. or sandpaper or drumsticks. Um. So early bit. I hope that helps down there in uh, the magnificent Tauranga. Yeah, and if worse comes to worse, mate, and this is a last resort, just labour through the 15 minutes of foreplay. Exactly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. All right. Now, this is a, a new segment which we haven't done yet, and it's Art Chat with Jason Mike. Uh, this next poem I wrote is... Um, Sit down, dickhead. Art Chat with Jason Mike. And I guess with any of these... Uh, with these sections that we're doing, Jace, we, we first want to explain um, why we're suited to be able to discuss it in the first place. Sure. Uh, so there's no questions or advice so much this week, but I guess we could just, uh, it's really to let the, the listeners know that this um, section does exist. If you have got any questions about um, art in general, you can get in touch with us. But uh, just to let them know that it's here, um, and for us, I guess, today, just to speak about how we define art. What is art? Yeah, what because is art? Because it can art? be so subjective. And, and there's things that I don't consider to be art that people say is art, which I find annoying. Sure. But um, I'm sure they feel the same way about other things. What's what's the definition of art as far as you're concerned? Look, for me, Mike, the definition of art is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form such as a painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. What about yourself? Yeah, pretty much the same, I think. Okay, yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so we agree on that. Well, it's it's one of those, it's it's a big question, isn't it? What is art? Yes. Um, for example, are there, are there things that you are into beyond the acting? Well, let's, let's start with acting for a start. A lot of people ask the question, is acting art? Well, when some people do it, it is. Sure. And it feels like when other people do it, it isn't. Um, you know, you see people that, who's a great actor? Who's somebody you? Who's your favourite actor? James? I'm a big uh, fan of, of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, the guy that died of the heroin overdose. Yeah, yeah. So was I. I mean, that didn't mean he wasn't a great actor. I oh, know. I think it, it helped. Um, I'm, a, I'm I another. Agree. I'm another big fan of uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh yeah, I think he's a brilliant Joaquin. actor. A Joaquin, and actually, the man you just mentioned earlier in the podcast, David Tennant. I'm a big fan of oh, his. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. quite enjoy him as an actor. What about yeah. yourself, mate? Uh, well, those guys as well. I love. I love me a Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. I love me a Brad Pitt. Also a, a uh, Tom Hardy. Okay, a Tom yes. Hardy fan. And I think um, particularly, though, you're Philip Seymour Hoffman's James Gandolfini. Okay, yeah, Big sure. fan of his. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen The Drop, get along and see that. It's been out for about 10 years. Um, but I think they're artists, aren't they? And then other things are just sort of not. Yeah. But I don't know. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, Dan- yeah. You know, I what like he, him. you know what he, yeah, I don't mind Daniel Day-Lewis. He's pretty good. Uh, but 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 he's one of those method actors, yeah, kind of yeah. Art, arty wanky kind of yeah. uh, actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, for for example, my instinct is 
if an actor says to me that they're acting as art, I immediately think they're a wanker. Well, that's right. It's not it's not for you to say, I think, when it comes to that. Sure. But I think art is anything that doesn't really have a practical use. Sure. Isn't it? Well, I mean, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Something that people don't know about me in terms of art, I'm into cross-stitch. Oh. Um, you know, and I consider that art. Yeah, you consider that art. Yeah, and what I do is I make these lovely little patterns and of floral arrangements which you which you encompass it's, it's a little bit of canvas in a sort of circular frame right and you just I just sit there every night in my kimono um, doing cross stitch right and, and, and for example you're saying that you don't like cross stitch I didn't uh, say that oh okay I implied it right <laughs> but I tell you what I put them out there mate a lot of people buy them oh do they yeah absolutely <laughs> where do you put them out um, I've got a little I've got a little site called Jace's Cross Stitch and uh, people can go on there. Well, I know some, you have that, that stall. Um, that at have. the market, yeah, yeah. I've got a cross-stitch stall uh, where I, and I sell, and my wife makes bunnies, for example. Oh. Little bunny rabbits. Out of what? Out of just like old discarded second-hand clothing. Or old discarded stuff. dogs. Did yeah. she get a hold of Binky's No, she didn't carcass? get a hold of Binky, but, um, you know, and stuffs them with a bit of foam. They're hugely popular. Are they? Yeah. We also sell scroggin, but that, you know, I wouldn't say that... Is that, that art? No, that's not. Well, that's that's not got art, a practical surely. use, though, doesn't it? It because does. Because you can eat that. But you know, I think anything that you stick it on a wall, like a, you know, it's got. It's a weird thing. It's a very human thing, isn't it? There's no other animal in the world that sort of pursues these projects that don't really have any practical meaning. Use. They're yeah. Not, they're not. Well, they're a distraction. Feeding you or or supplying you with um, shelter or anything like that. Except no for the proceeds, perhaps. But I don't know. It's very strange. <laughs> And because I know also um, that you were involved in the artwork as a nude model for for some time, Mike. Yeah. And, and 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 I I don't want to hark back on what, what we've just said previously because we don't want to repeat ourselves too much here. Um, but the reason that you got into nude modelling was to get over your shame, I guess, of your kind of chewed up genitals, and and that was your way. And I believe it was actually a counsellor that said to you, Mike, why don't you? Be proud of your body. Get out there and do a bit of nude modelling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you just got to take the bull, uh, the bull by the horns there. And it was something that was uh, it was holding me back. Sure. Uh, because I was worried about any potential partner laying eyes on it, or you know, I was very, you know, I used to wear shorts in the showers during, um, you know, getting changed at the end of sports games and that sort of thing. And I thought, well, what's the best way to um, to get as many eyes on this as possible? Um, and so I did. I went along to a um, a life drawing class. Yes. Um, and you just it's the hardest thing about it, outside of the fact that you know I had to reveal so much of myself um, to judging eyes, was that you've got to hold poses for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that. Um, and so it's quite taxing on the body. I used to have a very low, you know, you don't think much of fashion models. or you know, It's very taxing. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I did. I got along there. And some of the some of the art that came out of that, you know, really scary. Yeah, it was. And actually, you've got a piece hanging over of you hanging over in your lounge, don't you? Just above the couch there that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And I noticed cleverly that the uh, artist had used a lot of chiaroscuro. There was a lot of shadowing mm. in that area, which yeah. I thought was a, a very artistic way of of managing what was simply impossible to draw. Yeah, well, a lot of the um, 
you know, a lot of those people there and those artists, because it was a class and they were being marked on it, it was meant to be life drawing. So it's meant to be true, true to form. Sure. And of course, you know, the whole body, everything looks perfectly normal. But then, you know, you get downstairs and everyone looked like they'd done an abstract, some kind of abstract. Picasso-ish <laughs> that's right. sort of scenario. Yeah. So they all failed and I wasn't welcome back after that. Right. But I admire your courage. Uh, in terms of getting out there and really, as you say, getting as many eyes on it as possible to yeah. get over that kind of block, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, I mean, of course it made it worse. Yes. Well, you said you didn't you didn't go out after that for a couple of years, but no. um, but the intention. That's I actually the reason good. I started wearing underwear again. Right, okay. Just to of offer an extra line of defence in case anybody downtrowed me. Yeah, yeah, good call. So there you go. Um, anything else we want to cover off on Art Chat? I don't well, believe. I just think, you know, that, well, not really. I mean, we're willing to talk about anything. I know you're a lover of poetry, um, Sure, sure. So in this, in this section, we'll be talking about poetry, yes. music, lyrics, um, musicians, um, sculpture. Literature. Literature. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all those sorts of things. Um, and you're a voracious reader. Yes, indeed. Um, Jay, so... You know, I know you like your uh, your Tom Clancy's and your Dick Francis's. Wilbur Smith. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all those classics, mate. All those classics. Well, that's right. So we'll be doing some reviews on the uh, classics, um, Da Vinci Code, um, Harry Potter, all the big ones. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any specific things that you'd like us to discuss, please, by all means, get in touch. And once again, that's uh, Jason. Uh, all Talk with Jason Mike on Instagram. Uh, and the email address is uh, alltalkwithjasonmike at gmail.com. Great stuff, mate. Now, it's another time for a new segment or a, a time for a new segment. This one is, intriguingly, travel stories. Does anybody here speak English? Travel stories with Jason Mike. Now, Mike, I know that you're a well-travelled man. Mm. I know that you've been all around the place, um, all around the world. It's an interesting time in terms of travel, isn't it, uh, given the whole COVID situation? And interesting that we should be talking about travelling when no one can do it. Well, I think it's uh, it's good to, when you can't travel, to reminisce about the times when you could. Sure. Um, I know that uh, the borders have just been opened up, and so now New Zealanders are free to travel to Australia. Oh, has that happened? Yeah, it's it? happened, mate. But not all of Australia, just a couple of states. I think they've thrown in uh, Northern Territory and uh, right, the a couple, couple of the other shit ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then all the, the good news is when you come back, you can stay two weeks in a hotel, yeah. Um, yeah, which you pay for yourself. So something to look forward to. Um, but yeah, just to um, open the section up as well to to listeners to send in their, their favourite travel stories or the, the great places that they've been to in their time. And sure. in particular, given that Christmas and New Year's is coming up and it's time to get booking, um, you know, people can let us know the best places that they've been in New Zealand travel-wise, um, places that they'd recommend, great towns, um, not necessarily the main centres, the well-trodden areas. Yeah, sure. lesser-known trails. Well, mate, just on that, in that spirit and on that front, can I chuck a place in there that I'm incredibly fond of and... And it's a local, uh, you know, it's it's in within New Zealand, and I think it's really important at this, at this time that we support our local uh, areas and you know, get people in there so that they can keep it going. Rainbow's End in Rotorua, mate. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, that was. I've been to the one. Is that a chain? Uh, well, it could very well one, be a chain. There's Rainbow's End, the uh, roller coaster joint, isn't it? No, this this particular Rainbow's End in Rotorua, it's like a trout farm. 
Um, and it's and it's just got all the native trouts and things like that, and all these beautiful little pools. It's set in a sort of um, on. I did. I said Rainbow's End, didn't I? Yeah. No, I meant Rainbow Springs in Rotorua. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's so my I'd bad. To see some fish on a roller coaster in South Auckland. Well, yeah, exactly. And and actually, Rainbow's End. Who really wants to go there? It costs a fortune. Um, but having said that, uh, I think we've got a couple of tickets to give away at the end of the pod from Rainbow's End. But no, this is called Rainbow Springs, and it was kind of set in a bush environment, mm. and there were all these lovely natural. Not a lot of fish in the bush. Well, no, but these were all set in lovely lake pools. Oh. You know, these lovely ponds of these, and you could buy little fishing um, rods. <laughs> you could buy little uh, brown paper bags of feed Ooh. and feed them. And here's the a terrible part of it was that um, I used to go to Rainbow Springs all the time because I lived in Rotorua right. for all my childhood. Um, and there was a sort of theory going around that when you could go there, you could put your feet in the in the pond there right. and, um, and, and the fish would come along and they'd just no, nibble, yeah. you know, get rid of all that dead skin. Yeah, the koi do that, I believe. Yeah, yeah. koi do that yeah. as well very much. So, so do the trout. Um, and so I tried that once and... Uh, and it was fantastic. Unfortunately, I I had pretty horrendous toe fungus at the time, which I didn't think much of when I was no. doing it because I just wanted to try it and see if they actually did that. Right. And um, and then a couple of days later, while well, I'd heard that in, at Rainbow Springs in Rotorua, they'd lost a horrendous amount of trout through some kind of weird virus right. that had you know sort of rushed through them all and sure. I can't help but think looking back and it's a guilt I carry with me to this day that maybe it was me dipping my feet in there and then feeding on my toe fungus that actually caused the virus. I don't know wow. but I've carried that guilt for a long time. Yeah, I mean it sounds like a likely cause to be honest because you're introducing a new food type yes. into into their world that I don't imagine they've ever come across before. No. Well, it's not like they give out little paper bags full of athletes' foot, is it? And uh, you know, well, that's, I've never been. Uh, oh right, okay. But well, not that I'm aware of. I've never seen them give out bags of athletes' foot. But just the skin that's peeled off. Just eh? the skin. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's one place I would recommend because it's just a lovely, peaceful, tranquil New Zealand experience. Right. Yeah, like and the glow worms. And you just go for a couple of hours, don't you? I'm yeah, yeah. You're not there for a week. Oh, I mean, I mean. I mean, to be honest with you, you can only look at trout for about 10 minutes and then it becomes tedious. Do you get to see them rooting? Oh, I've never seen a trout root, but I'm sure they must. Well, don't they? They don't root, though, do they? They spawn. Oh, yeah. Like they just squirt the eggs out and then the, the males squirt whatever they have, the sperm out, and it just co-mingles. Couple of wanks. Like a, like a, like a, you know, a chocolate flavouring being poured into milk. It just merges oh, yeah, into right. one milkshake. Oh. Yeah. Any places you'd like to recommend on that note? Well, look, I mean, I'm staying in this year, aren't I? I'm just going to be uh, sticking around home. Topor was always somewhere that we went when we were younger, but everybody seems to go there. Um, yeah, to be honest, I find Topor a little tedious. Well, yeah, I, I mean, mean I'm, what, not a, what, I'm not a big boat guy. No. Uh, I'm not a big fishing guy. No, well, I'm a big fishing guy. Are you a big fishing yeah, guy? Yeah, no, I like I'm fi- I find that amazing that you live on Waiheke Island and you're not a fishing guy. Oh, I hate a fish. Oh, do you? I love the fish. Right. Um, you don't like getting your rod out? That's surprising stuff. Yeah, but I, I know what you mean about Wop Wop because, um, you know, unless you're into fishing, unless you're into, you know, mini golf, 
He's or, not or, a or hitting the um, your your golf balls out it, to the middle of the lake. That stupid and if, bloody and lake. If you, if you hit the uh, thingy, you get a dollar. Yeah, yeah. It's cost you forty dollars to get a golf ball in the first place. I mean, good times, but yes. um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find something else to do. But I mean, a, a great New Zealand uh, holiday experience, obviously, is camping. Sure. Do you like to go camping, mate? I love camping. Um, I've talked recently about my obsession on YouTube with Swedwoods which is this guy that goes camping in Sweden, oh, in the wilderness there. Right. And all he does is just set up camp with his little tarpaulin and he cooks meat and mm. just sits there and makes fires and stuff. And a, with a film crew? With Well, I think he just does it all on his phone, actually. It's oh, bloody it? well done. Shit. Um, <coughs> but, yeah, I love to camp. What about you? Um, I mean, I've camped, but I'm not a big camper. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't strike me as a camper, Mike. You strike me as the sort of guy that likes a T-shaped or L-shaped couch to just lounge out on. I can't see you roughing it, getting hoeing into the scroggin. Well, I mean, I've I've been to camping grounds, but I find it weird that that people go camping, let's say to Hahe in the yes. Coromandel. Yeah, and um, you know, you go into this area, you drive in through the gate. There's a barrier arm that lifts. It's got a tuck shop as you drive through. Yes, and then it's just. Tents crammed in, shoulder to shoulder to shoulder, all the way along. I mean, is that camping? Well, because that doesn't seem like that seems like everybody's putting up a tent. It's it's like a big backyard. Yeah, no. Look, I agree with you on that. I have never understood the mentality, you know, because Christmas holidays mm. and everyone does, you know, because everyone goes, we've got to get away from it all and go camping and stuff. But everyone has the same thought, yeah. so that everyone goes away and get, gets away from it all. But they're all in the same place, getting and, away from it and all, they're, and they're actually more in it all than they were before because now they're yes. not separated by the walls of their home. Exactly. They've only only separated by the, the thinnest of canvas or whatever it is that they're using these days. And of exactly. course you can hear everything that goes on. Oh yeah, and there's all sorts of carry on at campsites, you know, and yeah. and, and, and not only that you don't have you don't have the niceties that you like your your couch for example. No. You don't have a TV. No. Uh, you don't have your computer. You don't have all that stuff. I mean, why would people do it, Mike? I well, don't that's understand. The thing is, and that's where I stopped because I did take my couch last time I went. Camping, oh, you did. And okay. I set it all up, and I had a Jenny. Of course, those Jennies are really loud. But I was an absolute. I was in the lap of luxury. It was like I never left home. And then I thought, well, why did I leave home? Yeah. Um, and I just won't bother leaving home from now on. It was just a massive palaver having to bring this couch all the way here. And, of course, we talked about it earlier um, in another podcast about, you know, you've got a kitty now. Yeah. And, oh. uh, and mate, you, you can't go ta- anywhere without packing about four trailer loads of shit when you've got kids. Trust I me mean, on that. I mean, imagine taking your children camping. Yeah. What a debacle. I mean, it's a great idea, isn't it? I mean, it's a lovely romantic idea. The reality is heinous and disgusting. Yeah. No, that's right. So, no... Um, camping has never appealed to me, but if you've got any um, positive camping stories, maybe you can uh, let us know about them and, and talk me around a little bit. But I've just, I've never, maybe it's I need to find the right place to go. Sure, and and where I what I do enjoy is just getting my backpack on, going into the deep bush, mate, and you know, and just taking the and and taking like the, your scroggins, yeah, uh, some coffee, something like that. Uh, a little billy, so you can boil it, oh, boil yeah. up your water, s- stuff like that. Yeah, I you remember know? doing that at school. But the thing with the scroggin is that's the only good thing for me about a tramp. Sure. Is when you get the scroggin out, and then you get the scroggin out, you pick all the chocolate out of it, and you throw the rest of that shit in the bush. Yeah. You know what? The stoats and rats can have that crap. Yeah, and that's the terrible thing. I actually did exactly that once, and 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 we set up my little tent there, and was just infested with rodents and rats because I just discarded all yeah. the nuts and grains. The from population the exploded. It just went nuts, mate. Yeah. And there was chickens there as well, just pecking away. It was 
an absolute nightmare. But yes, on that front, certainly um, send in your, your camping stories. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. Because that's quintessentially New Zealand, isn't it? Uh, it really is. And, and you know, what kind of New Zealander doesn't like camping? I'd like to know. Exactly. And if we've got any caravan stories too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love that good. was my childhood, caravans. I lived in a caravan for a oh, while in my early 20s. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that on next week's edition of Travel Stories. Yeah. Um, also another new section that we're trying out, Lost and Found, Mike. Yeah, mate. No, he's, he's ginger and he hasn't been home for days. Lost and Found with Jason Mike. This is a uh, section, interestingly enough, uh, where we ask the listeners if they've lost or found anything. Uh, and uh, we, you send those in to us, and hopefully we can help you out in terms of finding said things. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a great idea because people are constantly losing stuff, aren't they? They are, and constantly finding things as well. Although yeah. you, seem to, you seem to hear more about the losing than the finding, don't you? Sure. You always hear about the losing, not so much about the finding, but somebody must be finding them. Exactly. Think, are you a big loser of things? Yeah, all the time. I'm going to go with you. I think it's probably your keys. No. No? No. Your glasses? Yes. Yeah, good. You see, I'm one of those guys, Mike, that I won't buy a proper pair of glasses because I need reading glasses now. You know, because I know that within three or four days I'm going to lose said glasses. Yes. So I buy the cheap $2 ones, and I've got about 20 of them around sure. the house, and yet I still manage to not find a pair. And I had the embarrassment and the shame the other day of – Losing my glasses and looking for my glasses, finding a pair of glasses, putting on said glasses, and the other glasses were on top of my head. Yeah. And my wife came home and just gave me absolute shit for it, and rightly so. Right, so you told her, you thought it would be a funny anecdote, and she's thrown it in your face. Yeah, she? massively thrown it in my face. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's typical. I mean, I've done that sort of thing before. I've looked for things when they've been in my hand. Yes, um, and that's just, you know, sometimes a human body doesn't, well, there's a lot going doesn't do on what the, you want it to. I don't know if you're anything like me. There's a lot going on in my brain all the time, and you get distracted very easily and yeah. very quickly, and so have I. I've literally – and isn't it amazing when you're looking for the Marmite, for example, or yeah. maybe in your case the Vegemite, and you're looking in the pa- the pantry there, or the vegan mite. Is there a vegan mite? <laughs> Not that I've found yet. Right. Um, you know, you're looking for the Vegemite in, in the pantry. You're just looking everywhere for mm. it. And it's always right there in front of you on the middle shelf. And do you know when it gets found? Is when you say, babe, have you seen the Marmite? And then she walks in and as she starts to point at it. Yes. There it is. Yeah. You see it straight away, don't you? But that's, that's just typical, isn't it? And another thing that happens in the household, and I don't know if this happens to you, but I'm always, personally, the, the trilogy for me is probably sunglasses, wallet, and keys. Yes. I'm always losing those things. I do lose all those things too, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I set up now, I've got hooks when I come in the door to try and remind myself that that's where they go and all that sort of thing. But what I find annoying is I'll put things down somewhere, then I go and look for them, and they're no longer there. Yeah. And now my assumption is because I've been told I'm an idiot and I lose everything. Well, that's not fair. I'm not told I'm an idiot, but I'm always losing things. My assumption is that I've misplaced them somewhere. So then I'll spend 20 minutes looking around the house trying to find said item. And then as an absolute last resort, I'll say to my wife, have you seen my keys? And she'll go, Ugh, yeah, I'll put them in the oven. <laughs> or something similar. Do you know yes. what I mean? It's like, so, so you've put them somewhere. You remember where they are. You've walked away, then your wife moves them to a different, a completely different spot. You come back and look for it, 
and they're gone. But now you're the idiot because you can't find them. But they've been moved. Yes. And I had that experience, actually, um, where my car keys were moved uh, and put onto a hook by my grandmother-in-law. And I didn't, we were staying at a place when we were on a job. They'd come to visit. I'm looking for my keys. I've got to get out of the house. I cannot find them. In the end, I had to walk, if you can imagine that, to the place where I, where I had to go. I came back later on that day. I had to go somewhere else. I still can't find them. I said, has anybody seen my keys? She piped up. I put them on this hook. I didn't even know there was a hook in this house we were staying at. So she's taken my keys yes. from where I leave them beside the front door and moved them onto a hook behind a, uh, a tea towel. Right. So, I mean, are we going crazy or are we being driven crazy? Yeah, that's a really good question. And often that that comes under the proviso from their point of view of tidying up. You know what I mean? Oh, I was just tidying up. That's right. Um, but what you've caused me is mental distress by tidying up because I can't find my keys and I need to go. That's right. Well, you could call it tidying up or you could call it hiding things. Yeah, or just yeah, making us look like idiots. That's right, because the thing is, yeah, they sort of act like you've lost everything that you've ever put down, and the thing that they're saying to you is, you know, I don't know what you'd do without me. They want to feel like they're really important, and they do that by hiding things around the house. Right, and I you have to saying. ask yeah, them yeah, where yeah. the things are. The sort of the implication being that before we I, met them... Yes, I came along. Yeah, we were naked and sort of you know, huddled underneath an overhanging branch somewhere <laughs> in desperate need of saving. Yes, um, which, which is, in your case you were. Um, but but I know what you're saying. You know, it's interesting with the whole car keys. It's like if you, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, Mike, where you have a ferocious argument mm. with, with your partner because you can't find anything, for example. Yeah. And then you say, right, that's it, I'm out of here, and you storm off, and then you have to come back and deal with the humiliation of getting those car keys and, and having to pick those car keys up again, of which you can't find, of course. And then you have to ask your partner, darling, before I piss off, can you tell me where the goddamn car keys are, for God's sake? It's funny, isn't it? You know, they're, they're smart enough never to be the ones storming out. Yes. Because when you stay in... Well, you've got the TV, you've got your couch, <laughs> you've got all of that jazz, you don't, and you've got food, you know... And the chances are, because you're in such a hissy fit, you've forgotten your wallet and stuff as well. So you, you're just yeah. literally driving around. You sort of know by the time you get sort of halfway out to the car that you've made a terrible yeah, mishap. Yeah, a terrible, a terrible mishap. Terrible mishap. Oh, yeah. great stuff. So on that front, though, if you have lost something, send uh, something to us on the DMs or yeah. on our email address. Maybe, maybe we'll, ask your missus first or your, you know, she'll probably she'll know first. Um, um, but preferably something outside of the house. Yeah. Um, you know, something that you've lost that somebody might have picked up on the street. Just sort of a community notices type thing, isn't it? Yeah, great stuff, mate. Well, I tell you what, um, I think we're just about done here, my friend, and uh, I think we've covered off some um, new segments today, and mm -hmm. we'll keep doing that as we continue to do the podcast. Yeah. We'll just keep broadening it out for the listeners as much as we can. That's right, and if we haven't covered it off in any of the... Uh just because we haven't got a sting for it doesn't mean that... Uh, it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's right. There so, will be a sting for it. Oh, absolutely. I so, guarantee you. So if you have got any questions for us uh, or any anything that you'd like us to uh, sort of cover off, you can hit us up on All Talk with Jason Mike on Instagram uh, or email us on alltalkwithjasonmike at gmail.com. Great stuff. Hey, well, thanks for taking the time to listen from uh, myself and Mike Minogue. You take care out there. Until the next time, we'll see you later.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.